Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on this Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the church year and the Sunday which we remember and we celebrate the truth that Christ reigns as King in all times and in all places. And so before we begin our worship this morning, just a few things to bring to your attention. Uh, first, a reminder that December newsletters are in your box. So if you haven't grabbed your newsletter, make sure you do so on the way out. Um, also a reminder that church decorating will be next Sunday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon as we uh, lively up the church with, with the greens and with the Christmas decorations. So everyone is invited to participate in that decoration. And as always, the more hands we have on deck, the quicker and easier that it goes. So um, if you're able, come join us next Sunday. Also this morning, uh, we asked for prayers for Gary Tice. Gary was taken to the hospital this morning. Uh, he does have surgery scheduled for later this week, so they're gonna evaluate whether or not to bump that up or, or how best to treat him. So keep him in your prayers this morning as they, they discern what to do. Are there any other announcements that you have or any prayer requests for the congregation? Yeah, Judy. Fell and broke either wrist or hand or whatever. Can you say that name again? Jane Rail. Jane, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is there no other announcements? I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and 
In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. 
Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. O God of power and might, your Son shows us the way of service, and in him we inherit the riches of your grace. Give us the wisdom to know what is right, and the strength to serve the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I, will, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out, as shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide, I will save my flock 
and they shall no longer be ravaged. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord God, have spoken. The word of the Lord. We'll now read Psalm 95 responsively. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord of the Psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In your hand are the heavens of the earth. The highest of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. A reading from Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. According to St. Matthew, Jesus said to the disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand, and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at the right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick 
or in prison and visited you. And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have heard so far two parables from Matthew chapter 25 in the last two weeks. And on Christ the King Sunday, we conclude the chapter with a picture of Christ as he reigns on the last day. So as we see on the last day, Christ will come with the angels. He will be seated on his throne of glory. The nations will be brought before him and he will judge them. And in that judgment, he will separate the sheep and the goats. The sheep will enter into the master's joy, and the goats will be sent to hell. The last two weeks, I have said the parables tell us about the joy of the last day. The parable of the bridesmaids tells us to prepare now joyfully to receive our welcome at the great party. And the parable of the talents we heard last week tells us of a generous Lord who wants us to live freely, courageously, and joyfully in his generosity. And now Christ invites us to consider what it will be like to stand before his throne on Judgment Day. And believe it or not, I'm going to turn this back around into a message of joy. And so you might be wondering, how's the preacher going to pull good news out of this one? But I will. And usually these passages are preached in two ways. The first way is to emphasize the terror of the judgment. And Christ is clear here, there is some terror in this passage, because there are people who are going to be sent to hell. That's terrifying, and it ought to be, it ought to be sobering to all of us, because Jesus is quite clear here that Judgment Day is not going to be a day of joy for some people. And that's true. And the reality of the judgment is the reality of the weight of all of our sin upon us. If we've not given our sin to Christ on the cross, there ought to be nothing more terrifying for us. How terrible is the thought that you will stand before a holy, perfect judge who will recount all of your evil? And this is not a wrong way to preach this passage. The truth of the judgment, the truth that some are going to be sent to hell, ought not to be a truth put on the back, on the back burner. This truth, though, we need to keep on the front burner because it reminds us of what we're doing here this morning. Right? We are not a social club. We're not group therapy. We're not here to make each other just simply feel better. Instead, we're here because there is a truth of eternal consequence that we have to share with one another. We have an important message to hear, to listen to. But the message of judgment, the message of hell, in this passage, in Matthew 25, preaching it that way is an incomplete way to preach it. It's an incomplete view of the passage because it only puts the law on you, it only puts that judgment on you, but it brings you no gospel. And in this passage, we always went to see the gospel, to see the good news. And so the other way to preach this passage in the same way, in some ways, is to pull the law out of it and place the law on you. I mean, the other way to preach this passage, as it is sometimes preached, is to preach the necessity of good works. Is Christ telling us here that some will get to heaven because they fed the hungry, 
gave clothes to the naked, visited those in prison, and so on. Is Jesus telling us that in the end, we are actually going to be saved by what we do? And that's not a lot of good news either, is it? Because we'll all stand here and wonder, did I do enough for Jesus to count me among the sheep? I haven't really visited anyone in prison. Am I going to hell? I'm not always compassionate like I should be. Am I going to be sorted out with the goats? And when we begin to ask these questions, we will only find ourselves under condemnation because we know we're never compassionate enough. We know our hearts are never good enough to be counted among the sheep. We know there's always more that we could be doing. And so the question is, what is the gospel here in Jesus' message? What's the good news? And so here I want you to look at verse 37. Because notice what the righteous sheep do say to Jesus. They ask, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry? And so on. What we see is that those who were judged as righteous did not even know that they were being righteous. And that's good news. Because your good works are hidden from you. You don't even know that you are doing them. And on judgment day, when your good works are revealed, you might just be surprised. Oh, that was a good work. Oh, that's something God did in his kingdom. That's something God used me for. And on judgment day, you might be surprised. And so the differences between the ones on the right and the ones on the left in the parable is not that the ones on the right knew that they were doing righteous, good works. The difference is that the ones on the right were already counted as sheep. They were already made sheep. We would say they were made sheep in their baptisms. right? They were made sheep when God gave them the gift of faith. And it was counted to them as righteousness because of Christ. Their works are redeemed by Christ. Without Christ, all of our good works are sin because we all have a heart of a goat. But by his perfect life, his death, his resurrection, which are given to us in our baptisms, our works are redeemed. And so you don't even know your good works. In your baptisms, when you're given the Holy Spirit, he begins using you for the kingdom's sake, apart from what you're even aware of. <clears throat> Here in Matthew 25, the good works that are identified by Christ the judge as being done to him are completely hidden from the ones doing them. Right? They do some basic decent things. And it turns out that these were the works Christ wanted them to do all along. They had no thought that they were doing something great in the kingdom. And that's the good news in this passage. Because Christ wants you to have faith in him and faith what he does for you and not to try to earn anything before him. Instead, rely on him to take care of it for you. Because in your vocations, God's going to give you all the opportunities in the world to do good works. And so have faith in his promises. And then go about your work honestly and diligently, because Christ has promised to take care of the rest. <clears throat> so if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, you pray for your children, you encourage them, you teach them the truth, you love them, and you're doing good works. Even if it doesn't feel like something remarkable, the Holy Spirit's redeeming them for you. All right? Be honest in your work. Be a good neighbor. Give charitably where you can. Don't worry. Christ has already made you a sheep. Have faith. Trust in his promises, and the Holy Spirit will shape your heart in just the way he wants to. And so the extent of our good works is hidden from us. And it's hidden from us so that we don't become prideful. Right? God wants us to rest in him, to trust in his sure word. He doesn't want us to trust in ourselves. That's a disaster. And that's why the Bible loves to describe us as God's people as sheep. Sheep will not make it on, our, on their own, nor will we make it on our own. We cannot protect ourselves from the attacks of the enemy, we cannot provide for our own needs. We need a shepherd to keep us alive, to protect us, to guide us, to, to heal us, to bind up our injuries, and to keep us secure. 
a sheep that wanders out on its own, believing that it has the ability to take care of itself, will quickly find itself in trouble. And so God doesn't want us to have confidence in ourselves. He wants us to have confidence in him alone. And so he hides our works from us. If we saw our good works, we would be tempted to say, wow, look how good and strong and faithful I am. Look how much good I can do. And we would quickly fall on our face and fall into despair and hopelessness once we failed. And so God says instead, have faith. Have faith in me. Have faith what Christ has done for you. And the works will take care of themselves. And finally, notice the gospel here, because what Christ says to the sheep is this. Come, that you, are ble- come you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. An inheritance is a gift. You can't earn it. It's given to you by the goodwill of the person making the will. God is giving his sheep this inheritance, not because they deserve it, not because they've earned it, He is giving it to them out of his generosity. And so for those who have faith in the promises of God, Judgment Day is a great day of joy. It's not a terrible day. In our baptisms, we were given the promise that Christ has taken our sins. They're not ours. And so when we stand before God on Judgment Day, God will not recount our sins. For those who have faith, Christ has taken the sins. They're not ours. There's nothing for God to recount on that day. And so when we get to judgment day and we say, Lord Jesus, I have trusted in you alone, we'll know that we are right and proper sheep, that we are God's own, and that we will be inheriting a kingdom prepared for us on that day. So let us see judgment day as a day of joy, and let us put our trust in his promises alone. Amen. Together, let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is. 
Let us pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. Lord God, you gather your people from all nations and bring them into your one holy Christian and apostolic flock. Strengthen them by your grace, that they may gladly feast upon your riches in the means of grace given by you. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you judge between your sheep, and you shepherd your people with your holy word. Encourage your pastors and all ministers in the church that through their faithful service, you might continue to seek the lost, bring back the strayed, and bind up the injured, and strengthen the weak. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you have subjected all things under your Son, who gladly subjects himself to you. Bless the homes of your people, that parents may train and catechize their children with wisdom and love, and that children may gladly submit and honor their father and mother and learn to love you above all else. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord of Lords, you sustain every rule, authority, and power as you see fit until the world's powers will pass away. Bless all in civil authority, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, that they would not provoke your wrath, but maintain order and justice for the peace of your people. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness, while now we contend with a multitude of afflictions under the curse of sin. Remember those in need of help and healing, including Ardith, Steve, Charlie, Jane, Charles, Steve, Nancy, Carson, Max, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, John, Jane, and all of those this morning who are grieving Amber. Preserve them, deliver them from their transgressions, and hold them in your peace. Lord, in your mercy. God of grace, as death came by a man, so by your Son has come the resurrection of the dead. Endow your people with penitent hearts at your table, that they would receive in your risen Son's body and blood a foretaste of the eternal feast to come. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you have prepared your kingdom for us from the foundation of the world. Preserve us in faith and love throughout our days, that we may care for your servants and our neighbors with compassion and joy, looking toward the day when the Son of Man comes in his glory. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, who enthroned forever at your right hand intercedes for us as your great high priest, and so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with the earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending are indeed holy almighty and merciful God you are most holy and great is the majesty of your glory you so love the world that you gave your only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life we give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation in the night in which he was betrayed our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with the heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people, and be given our inheritance with all your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation. Again, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.